This podcast sometimes deals with mature content that may not be suitable for a younger audience and could be triggering for some individuals. Discretion is advised. The views expressed by our guests and others are solely their own. Views expressed in this podcast do not represent any uniform services, the Homeland Heroes Foundation, Dairy Cam, or any other organization. We're your hosts, Alyssa and Gary. Welcome to the Homeland Hero Salute, a podcast sharing stories to heal and honor our heroes. Brought to you by the Homeland Heroes Foundation and produced by Dairy Cam. Learn more about us and our mission by following the Homeland Hero Salute on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Today, we're joined by Julie and Phil Taub from the organization Swim with a Mission based in New Hampshire. Thank you, uh, Julie and Phil for joining us today and speaking about your experiences with helping the veterans community. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the organization Swim with a Mission and how it got started? Thank you, Alyssa. We'd be very happy to. It's great to be on this podcast with you and Gary. So we started Swim with a Mission just about four years ago now. And we started this as, a, as principally a fundraising organization to support veteran service organizations with this idea that we have so many veterans that need help every day, right? And there are a lot of really good veteran service organizations, but our experience have been that, the, that too many of them are underfunded. The idea was to create an organization that could raise money and then we give the money away every year to veteran service organizations, right? And how this all came about was uh, Julie and I moved up to New Hampshire uh, just about 26 years ago. And it's it's been a wonderful place for us to raise a family and uh, and right from the get-go, we got involved in the community. In those days, we didn't know anybody, we didn't have any money, and so we just started volunteering. And both Julie and I, you know, started volunteering at different organizations, some of the same, and, you know, eventually we got asked to join boards. And uh, Julie really did a great job, you know, learning more about how to entertain hospitality, catering, that kind of stuff. and. Uh, in, in my my regular day job is as an M and A lawyer. I work for a big national law firm called Nixon Peabody, and uh, you know we quickly found out that we have very complementary skills, right, Julie? Between the two of us, yeah, I'm the organizer and he's the idea man. <laughs> and so, you know, uh, I I'm not no, not short on big ideas, but it's hard to execute on them. And Julie does a really great job uh, in executing on them, and. And we found that out early in some in some charities that we were involved in, uh, where by getting involved in them with some friends and so forth, we were able to uh, transform some of these organizations from very small not-for-profits into very strong, stable not-for-profits. And that gave us some confidence, like, wow, you know, uh, we could really do this, you know. Where we started to get a little frustrated, to be honest with you, was... Uh, and if you've ever and anyone listening has ever served on a board, you know, with, whether maybe the board's too big or they've been around a long time 
And if you're that new person on the board, you know, and you've got some big ideas and you want to shake things up, what you tend to hear from longtime members of the board is, well, that's not what we did last year, right? That's not how we did things, you know, the year before. And, and that's frustrating, right? And, and so we started to get this idea of after many years of being on boards, good boards, bad boards, some success, not success, is, you know, wouldn't it be cool to start a new charity right from scratch and surround yourself with people that have the same heart you know, and that are aligned right from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So you could literally just sprint right from the get go. Right. Yeah. And, and so we had that idea in our brains. We, the other thing we were thinking about was, you know, we've been fortunate to be involved in many organizations, you know, educational organizations, helping children, you know, uh, animals, you know, dogs and cats. I mean, you name it. I think we've been involved in it, except we realized where there was a big hole was veterans. Uh, we had gone all this time, you know, without really dialing in on veterans. And, and what really sort of hit home for us was in the last presidential election, not this one we just had in 2020, but the one in 2016, uh, we did spend a lot of time with one of the candidates. That candidate did not become president of the United States, but but did but did quite well. And that candidate really wanted to go to VFW halls and American legions and do town hall style meetings. And that was really the first time for Julie and I. Neither of us are veterans. Um, Julie's father uh, is a veteran, army veteran, um, but doesn't talk much about his military service. And uh, we don't have a lot of veterans in our circle. And and but going to the going to those American legions of VFWs, we started to meet veterans and we started to hear their stories. The stories were very compelling. It really struck a chord for us, and we knew we had found what we were, what our what our goal was. We really we really were excited about it, and we knew we could make a difference. Yeah, mm -hmm. and and then the third thing was, you know, for us was. Um, we have a place on Newfound Lake. We've been going up there for more than 30 years. Julie's family uh, had a place, has a place there, and Julie grew up going up to Newfound Lake. And if, if, you, if you've never heard of Newfound Lake, you don't know what it is. You know, the best way to describe it is it's the cleanest lake in the northeast of America. It's a top 10 cleanest lake in America. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. And there used to be a successful triathlon there um, and it got acquired by, by a big company and then they actually shut it down. And we also wanted to bring an event to the lake. So this kind of started as like this idea of start a charity, help veterans, and why don't we do an event at Newfound Lake? And so we thought we were going to do one event a year a swim event across beautiful Newfound Lake. And that's why we start, we called it swim with a mission, right? That's kind of how it started. And, and as we started to sort of plan that out, we realized, you know, there's a lot of events out there. I mean, take yourself back to 2017. This is obviously pre COVID when we could still go out and do stuff. And we are like, how are we going to get anyone's attention? And then, you know, under the column of like, everything happens for a reason, you know, there's no, there's no coincidences in life, right? You know, karma, karma takes you everywhere. Julie and I found ourselves in Florida uh, visiting friends 
And the, we were looking for something to do on a particular day. And our friends said to us, hey, you know, the Navy SEALs are putting on a demonstration of, of their skills uh, in the Keys and Ocean Reef. And we were, our friends have a big boat. And so <laughs> apologies to but our dogs barking in the background here. No worries. But, you know, I had never met a Navy SEAL. And Julie certainly hadn't. We didn't know anything about the Navy SEALs. We, we knew that. Uh, you know, we'd seen some movies like Lone Survivor, you know, maybe and and Zero Dark Thirty and some of those kind of movies. We really didn't know anything about the Navy SEALs. And we went down to Ocean Reef where they were putting on this demonstration. And and actually, Julie didn't go. I went with, with a few guys. And I saw Navy SEALs jumping out of helicopters with their big, bright yellow uh, canopies under their parachutes. Um, and there they were you know they had guns and they had a canine unit with them and they did a hostage rescue and it was it was unbelievable it was one of the most exciting things i've ever seen and i went up to one of the navy seals who looked like he was kind of like the guy in charge his name is rick kaiser and i didn't know who he was he just looked like he was the guy in charge you know yeah and i asked him i was like what what's going on here what are you doing and he explained that it was a fundraiser for the navy seals and that was confusing, right? Because I was like, doesn't the government pay for everything for the Navy SEALs? And he explained that like the rest of the military, you know, they pay for everything when you're in service. But once you're no longer, you know, in service and you're a veteran and you're struggling with PTS or, or you know, you're, you have a disability, you know, a physical disability or, you know, you need help with a scholarship or whatever it is, you're kind of on your own. And the SEAL community looks after its own. And this was a fundraiser for the National Navy UDT SEAL Museum, uh, which is based in Fort Pierce. And, and I looked at him and I said, hey, do you ever do any fundraisers like this up in the Northeast of America? And they were like, no. And that's when it sort of hit me. It was like, wait a second, this is it. This is it right here. You know, it was like a lightning bolt. But he comes back and he sees me and he said, great news. Our event's going to be all set the Navy SEALs are coming to New Hampshire. (laughs) Okay. Whatever you say. And, and strangely, after a lot of back and forth between Phil and I, maybe heated arguments, they came and they, and they blew it out of the the park. They were fantastic and they have become great friends, great partners. And, you know, it just, it kind of shows you that chance meetings, you never know what's going to happen. So. That is something that um, myself and Julie Weymouth, the founder of Homeland Heroes, constantly say to each other when in regards to the Homeland Heroes Foundation is it's just it's amazing what you put when you put something out into the world that's so good and just community wise and how how it just opens doors for you and, and things that are meant to happen seem to happen. No, that's absolutely right. And, you know, they showed up in uh, that was 2017 for our Sleepy Little Swim event. Uh, Fifteen hundred people showed up uh, to see the seals and uh, more than 100 people swam across the lake. Uh, There's a there's a at that time it was a 10K swim and a 5K swim. So those are long swims. And you know, uh, people had said to us, you know, if you can raise like $25,000, that would be great. And we raised over $400,000 that first event, you know, and that kind of gave us the confidence of like, wow, we've really, 
we really tapped into something. So the following year, as we got to know the seals better and understood what we could really do with them, we came up with this idea to do the swim event and the day before do a paintball event, but not just any paintball event, like a leadership training event. So companies spend a lot of money on leadership training. And instead of going to those same companies and asking them for philanthropy money, right, where the budgets are tight, we said, hey, how about you buy a paintball team and you, you, you come to this event and in the morning you'll hear from Navy SEALs talking about a team first attitude, right, which every company would like to get. Yeah. Um, about mental toughness, right, about leadership, right? And, and anytime you're with best in class, whether there's an athlete, right, or a business person, a politician, you know, uh, you know, somebody in the military, you're going to learn a lot. And that really resonated with a lot of folks. And, and so we did this paintball event. And then we did the swim event, the swim event, the next year, 3000 people showed up. And together, you know, we raised about $800,000. And it's just kind of taken off uh, from there. And so now this is, this is your four. It was a very challenging year. Right. And you mentioned Julie and, and, and the amazing work that Homeland Heroes do, but you know how challenging it was to raise money. Mm-hmm. But now in four short years, uh, we've been able to give away over $6 million, uh, you know, in, in that period of time. So it's really been, it's really been an, an incredible journey. Uh, so far for us in just four short years. Now, I know with the Homeland Heroes Foundation, um, because of COVID in 2020, um, we had to um, postpone our biggest event, which brings in, um, I think, close to about 50,000. I I could be incorrect on those numbers, but our biggest event is our annual gala in March. Um, And we had to postpone that. Originally, we postponed it till September of 2020. And with the, with the pandemic still going on, um, we continued to postpone that. And so our fundraisers and our donations have been different this, this past year, 2020. Um, what challenges have you seen with swim with a mission with, with receiving donations? Were you still able to, now I know this summer Homeland Heroes had a couple events that we were able to successfully pull off because we were able to facilitate, um, you know, we were outside, we did a golf event, we did a motorcycle event. Um, cases were lower in New Hampshire, thankfully during the summer. And we were able to be outside for those events and social distance and do everything responsibly. Um, so there were no outbreaks or anything like that. What challenges did swim with a mission faced because of COVID or, and, and how did you, um, overcome those challenges or did you overcome those challenges? You know, I think that when COVID happened, we definitely, it threw us for a loop. We didn't really know what to do. We knew we had to make a decision about our, our big events are in the summer, um, in the beginning of July. And we knew we had a kind of make a decision about it. Cause as you know, a lot of, of hard work and money goes into pulling off an event and, you know, we're very conscious about all the money we can going to veterans organizations. So we had actually a, a smaller event. We had captain Phillips. Um, we showed the movies captain Phillips and captain Phillips himself, as well as um, command master chief Rick Kaiser, who was also involved with the rescuing of 
Captain Phillips, we had that in March and we had, it was just as COVID was hitting. So we had one night and then had to cancel the next night. And then suddenly we realized COVID wasn't going away. <laughs> we had all this momentum, you know, it was year number four. We had all this momentum. So we're like, we can't, we don't think we can do what we want to do. We can't gather 5,000 people together. We could, it, it, at that point, it was just, it, we just, we realized after a while it was going to, not going to happen. So we very quickly, um, kind of turned it into a virtual, uh, the swim into a virtual event and held um, instead of a one day, we we canceled, sadly, we canceled the paintball tournament because we could not figure out how to do that. And people pay a lot of money for that, for that day. And people's funds aren't the way that they once were. So we canceled that and we managed to um, keep some sponsors for the virtual event and which were great. And we're so grateful for their support. And we were able to change it to a virtual event and it was actually quite amazing. We didn't know what to expect. Um, We had almost 300 swimmers participate in um, either, well, they could swim, they could paddle, or they could take on a Navy SEAL challenge. And the swimmers raised almost $200,000 just through that. We did it for the month of July. Um, We added a few things. Um, We added that the swimmers um, swam in honor of one of the 90 fallen, um, soldiers from New Hampshire and people took that and they ran with it. And we did, you know, a campaign that if you, you know, sent us a a picture of what you were doing or video, or just kept in touch with us, then there were raffle items. It was amazing how many people participated, um, raised money and people who had, actually supported swimmers in the past actually it could participate themselves and raise money so this and the stories and the groups of people small groups of people who got together to swim and what they did and the stories they told and who they were doing it for and it was quite inspiring actually we were unbelievably impressed by the community support and we couldn't have been happier it wasn't the event that we had expected but it, it showed us that, you know, we could make it, you know, make a change and still make it work. And yeah. yeah, Julie described that beautifully. And <laughs> I'll just add to, to this, like from my own perspective. So Julie's a lot more practical uh, than <laughs> I am, you know, and uh, we had some very, Julie and I had some tough sort of heart to heart discussions in late March because I was having trouble, you know, emotionally giving up on 10 months of planning. Right. Yeah. So, so we had planned, you know, our paintball was sold out. We had, you know, a sold out day is $650,000. Right. Mm-hmm. And, but the, a lot of those businesses, you know, were in the process of laying off people and, you know, there's no way they were going to be able to justify, even though they'd made the commitment, right. To still do it, even if we could do it. Right. And, uh, you know, the swim, you know, we, we had, we had over 5,000 people had shown up the year before we we're expecting 8,000 people. Wow. And then the other thing we had planned to do is we've really dialed in on art therapy. You know, we, we see that as, as one of a bunch of different areas where we need more art therapy programs. And so we had organized to bring president Bush's portraits of courage. You know, he's got about 70 paintings of veterans to the Courier Museum was be the first time that that collection had come to the Northeast. And we were in the process of planning this amazing gala, which was going to feature President Bush, right, 
in the summer. So we couldn't do that. So you can imagine like emotionally, I was having trouble sort of letting go of that was Julie sort of recognized right away. Look, we need a new plan. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, if we've learned anything from our Navy SEAL friends, it's like even a bad plan is better than no plan. So, so as soon as Julie, it was Julie's idea to do the virtual event. And as soon as, you know, we started to go down that road, I started to feel better. Like, okay, at least we've got a plan. Let's rally around that plan. Right. Um, the other thing I wanted to tell you guys about is uh, that, you know, look, as I said to you at the outset of this podcast, you know, our, our mission here, right, is to, is to raise funds and then we give it all away to veteran service organizations, worthy ones that are doing a great job. It doesn't matter to us where, the, where and how the money comes in, right? Sure. As long as we can steer it in that direction. And, you know, Governor Sununu, who is currently the governor of New Hampshire, understands the importance of veterans and so forth. And as we were going through COVID, he was asking me, and he's come to our events and, and, and enjoyed them. He was asking me, Phil, how are our veterans doing? What are you seeing out there? Now, of course, right, nobody's seeing anybody, right? Okay. Uh, and take yourself back to the summer, right? The VA had cut a lot of services. They had to because of COVID. Yeah. Uh, every veteran service organization that we know of couldn't raise any money, any more money had to cut their services. And on the other side of that, we have veterans, the ones that were already struggling, having increased anxiety. I mean, we all had increased anxiety during COVID and, and isolation, which is, you know, the worst thing for a veteran that's struggling, right? Absolutely. So I was, I was explaining to the governor over the course of a few conversations that this was the worst of all worlds for our veterans that are struggling, right? And, and he understood that. And as you know, each state in America got an allocation of money from the federal government, uh, you know, as part of the sort of stimulus money. Most governors had to keep all that money for just for their states. But uh, Governor Sununu made a decision to give about half of that money directly to businesses, the Main Street program. Mm -hmm. And he and he took like 60 million dollars and he, he carved it out for not for profits. But we have 6,000 not-for-profits. So once it sort of got doled out, it, it didn't go very far. So the conversation I had with him was, we need to do something specific for veterans. And so he was able to carve out like $7 million. And, and for of it, he trusted Swim with a Mission to specifically help veteran service organizations that focus on, on homelessness, right, and mental health issues. And Homeland Heroes is amongst the, the organizations that received it under the homeless category. Liberty House, for example, we helped them with their capital campaign to, to triple the number of beds they have. Um, on the mental health side, you know, we three organizations cleared a waiting list of over 100 veterans who were looking for on a waiting list for service dogs, right? Um, created this art therapy program we were talking about before at the Courier, you know, a dedicated space. Um, every weekend for the last three months of, of 2020, there were equine immersion programs all over the state and recreational therapies that we paid for retreats, right? To just like a SWAT team approach, go in there and help every veteran that needed help. Um, and we would never have sort of been in that position to be able to do that we hadn't had the sort of prior three years, right? 
of us learning about what, what our veteran community really needs uh, and then sort of earning the trust of key constituents, you know, like the state of New Hampshire, mm-hmm. to sort of trust that with us. And at the last minute, there was still money left over in the last week of December. We were able to get another $2 million. It did not come through some of the mission, but we were able to direct that through Gopher. It's called Gopher is the, is the oversight organization at the state, an amazing group of people to the smaller veteran service organizations without any restrictions so that they can now make it through the winter to get to that point in time when please God, there are vaccines right available and we can all start to, you know, fundraise again in the summer. Absolutely. Well, I'd like to take a moment just to take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right, and we're back with Julie and Phil Tobb from the Swim with a Mission nonprofit. Um, so I have a couple of questions regarding your organization. Um, so you raise money um, and funds to help other nonprofits. The Homeland Heroes has been one of the um, gracious uh, recipients of um, a donation just a couple of weeks ago. Um, of I believe it was fifty thousand dollars that you were able to donate towards the uh, the Homeland Heroes Foundation, and that's going to help um, veterans in the Salem, New Hampshire area um, with a variety of different things. And um, definitely, I know being part of the organization, it was it was fantastic to see. And I'm very you know from the bottom of my heart, thank you for being a part of this community that helps veterans. Um, it's it's a it's really a community of people that have you know they they open up their their hearts to veterans and these men and women that have sacrificed for our com- for our country and it's it's really beautiful to see all of the initiatives that you guys are are doing and and helping and um so are you where do you assist veterans? Is it just New Hampshire or are you all over the, the country? Yeah. So it, the short answer is it's all over the country. Um, you know, the way we sort of view this is uh, we started the organization thinking it would be something small with just one event a year and we would support veterans in the lakes region. But given how many people have gotten involved, I mean, it, it's thousands of people have gotten involved and, and realizing that we must be tapping into something. There's so many people that want to help. Uh, We've quickly gone out of state. uh, And, you know, in the SEAL community, uh, we are supporting, there are are a fair number of charities in the SEAL community, but we're principally supporting the Trident House charities around the Navy SEAL Museum in Fort Pierce, Florida. Uh, But along the way, we have supported a, a whole bunch of, seal you know sort of related uh charities there as well there are a number of seals out there doing incredible work for all veterans you know who are struggling with mental health issues for example and and then you know we really love for example scholarships for children so um, children of the fallen patriots is an organization national organization we've supported uh that you know no questions asked if you're the child of a veteran who died in service, you get uh, you get to go to college for free. I mean, I could think of nothing more incredible, right? It just makes you tear up to, to think about this. And 
Uh, and then regionally, you know, sort of in New England and then, of course, in New Hampshire as well. Um, we, we don't have like a set formula or so forth. What we look for is we look for worthy veteran service organizations. We don't want any organization, for example, to become dependent on getting money from us every year. What we look to do is to, you know, make a, a, a really differential investment in a veteran service organization, right? Mm. So for COVID, it was really all about, let's make sure that none of these organizations are in jeopardy of failing. And on the other side, that they're able to meet the demands for veterans. That's what a lot of that was in the last year, right? Yeah. Prior to that, it was, if we saw a capital campaign, you know, because you know, by building the brick and mortars and, and getting that finished, that's, that's a legacy that's going to be there for many decades, right? So whether it's homelessness or art therapy or something else like that, you're part of, of creating something, right. That will have its own momentum. Sometimes we're paying for a key staff person that, you know, is going to go out and fundraise that'll help make that organization more sustainable or get to the next level that they're trying to get to. Right. So that's more of, that's more of how we feel like we really want to, we always want to feel like we're having this exponential effect. Uh, when when we're when we're making uh, a donation or giving a grant, you know, to uh, to a particular organization, um, and then we kind of like view for better or for worse, we we kind of view it in three buckets. Um, there's the there's mental health, uh, there's homelessness, right, and then there's the safety net of services, right. So uh, in a particular community, beyond what, for example, the VA may be providing, you know, or or, or, or a state uh, organizations providing, there's usually a safety net of services. And as veterans are sort of falling through the cracks or not getting what they need at other organizations, we can help some of these safety net uh, organizations sort of address that, you know? And that, that's kind of how we view the world. Awesome. Absolutely. So like on the business side of things, Phil, what percentage of your donations go directly to the cause? So I can tell you that in the first three years of our organization, we're in year four now. In the first three years, it was 100%. Uh, because, and I can say that because uh, Julie and I uh, have covered all of the expenses of the organization, right? And we are, we were at the beginning an all-volunteer organization. We finally got to a point where there's only so much Julie and I can do. We both, Julie runs a, an inn called Meadow Wind up in the Lakes region, uh, I have a full-time job as a, as an attorney. Uh, so we, and, and we're not very good at social media. We'll be the first to say it, but you couldn't <laughs> tell by social media and our website because we, we got an intern from SNU, Matt Foster, and he's just unbelievable. And so he was our, our first and so far only hire and, and manages all of our marketing and so forth and just does an incredible job. Uh, and so, you know, it, it's a, it, we have a, you know, a little bit more expenses than we had when we started. Um, but generally, you know, we, we want to be, you know, in the 95 to 100, you know, between 95% and 100%. Um, it, it'll be an interesting year because we did get that $4 million grant. Uh, so I think we'll be pretty close to 100% uh, for this year. Uh, but then going forward, you know, we'll try to manage it. We know how we know from ourselves, you know, in making donations to many organizations over the years, that's one of the key things we look at 
And that's a question, you know, that we're very sensitive to, and we want to be able to answer that in a very positive way, right? With our donors and we appreciate you asking the question. Yeah, we, we appreciate you being so transparent. I think that's something with certain big name nonprofits have received a bad reputation for um, CEOs taking a little too much from the donation pile. So we, we love that you guys are so cognizant of that. Yeah. I mean, Julie and I will never take uh, any salaries or anything like this. We really, we were really hoping it would always be a volunteer organization, but the other side of it is we realize we can grow this thing much, much bigger Mm -hmm. uh, than it is now. We've been asked to bring our paint. So uh, for example, that, that paintball event, we've only done it for two years. Those two, we we've been told by the paintball community that those were the two highest fundraisers in the history of paintball. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, apparently William Shatner, we have on good information, had the record before us, <laughs> uh, but apparently we've eclipsed William Shatner. So, um, you know, but we've gotten requests to bring that to places like Dallas, for example, you know, down to Tampa, you know, in Florida. And we're not going to be able to do that, you know, with just a group of volunteers at some point, you know, we're going to make that leap. Um, you know, we're, we're going to need some more. But we can't survive without our volunteers, our volunteers, especially for our events are like the key to the events. And we find people come out of the woodworks to help and it's great. Um, mm -hmm. but it is, it is a, as you know, cause you do events. I mean, it is a tremendous amount of work to get an event, you know, you get out of, you get out of an event what you put into it. And, yep. you know, we put all of our heart and soul into the event. It's really taken over our lives, which is not a negative thing. It's a very positive thing. And I mean, it, it does, I think, I think swim with a mission is, is as much for us and our family as it does for the veterans. It's really, it's really taught us a lot about what, you know, a little hard work can do. So. Yeah. And being able to give back. I know I'm, uh, I run this podcast and I also help with other um, marketing efforts with the Homeland Heroes Foundation and some of the events that we hold. And And I've been volunteering with them for the last, probably since about 2018, been a solid, like a, a, a continuous volunteer. And it's, it's rewarding to give back. It's rewarding to hear these stories. It's rewarding to help impact someone in a really positive way. That's one of my favorite things. Um, you know, being able to volunteer my time and create this podcast to showcase veteran stories and showcase other nonprofits who are doing fantastic work in the veteran community. Gary is a veteran as well as a Homeland Heroes volunteer. He started um, as my co-host. He volunteers his time to do these interviews with me, um, which is something I really appreciate because it's, you know, it's, volunteering is a lot of hard work and you have to really dedicate your time to, and want to do this with your whole heart to be, to be a good volunteer, I think. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, Gary, I didn't mean to cut you off. And Gary, thank you for your service. I assume that was in the Navy, right? No, I was, I was in the army infantry. Yeah, I know. We like to, we like to participate in the, in the rivalry between the, the various <laughs> groups, even though Julie and I did not serve, but we get, we get teased a lot by our army friends uh, because of our allegiance to the Navy SEALs, you know? 
I don't know if it's uh, subsided or grown since I've gotten out. I can't really tell. <laughs> no, it never goes away, right? I'll be honest. Our army friends send us packages with like army mugs and hats and because <laughs> they're tired of seeing all the Navy stuff we wear. So, uh, so it, it, I can tell you it's, it's, it's alive and well. And the Coast Guard, too. We've met a lot of amazing people from the Coast Guard and, and we get a fair amount because they, I think, get a bum rap. And we'd love you know? to work with all branches. You know, it just... Yeah. It, just so happened that we started with the Navy SEALs and they've taken us in and they're as big of partners to swim with the mission as anybody else. And, but you know, we, the Coast Guard's joining us this year, doing some demos um, up at Newfound Lake and they were supposed to come last summer, but obviously their debut will have to wait until 2021. But, you know, we love any branches of the government. The National Guard brings static displays and, and, and um, that's army. That's army. So <laughs> Uh, you know, we, we yeah, really would love to work with everybody and, high, you know, and, and, and raise money for all the organizations. You know, yeah, no, it's, it's really, I agree. It's awesome. I, I wanted to tell you, Alyssa, because you hit on something and we, we, we've gotten, Julie and I, you know, have heard in person, we've gotten emails, letters. I mean, how, how, what, what we started has touched the hearts of, of, of people and changed their lives. And the first moment for us, at least for me, Julie, I don't know what it was for you, but, and you've heard me tell the story, our very first event back in 2017, uh, we had this group of SEALs. We don't, we didn't at that time know them very well. Um, and you know, we had 1500 people there. Uh, Alex Ray from the common man, uh, had volunteered to feed the crowd. I told him it was going to be 300 people. <laughs> so he was cutting burgers into quarters to try to feed 1500 people, you know, oh my God. It, it was chaotic. I'll be honest. And we had all these swimmers. It was an amazing day. And right before the seals were going to do their demonstration, jump out of helicopters and stuff with their dogs and everything. Two of the SEALs came up to me and said, Phil, there's a long line where Alex Ray is, you know, serving food. Can you just help us get some food before we jump? And I said, of course. And they were dressed in full fatigues. They had um, they had uh, their M4 rifles. And, you know, I mean, they look they look pretty crazy. And kids were coming up to them and they were taking pictures. And and we got to the back there and uh, people had just shown up on the day and just said, we want to volunteer. And. Uh, a woman had shown up and Julie had put her with Alex and she'd been cooking there all day with Alex in, you know, all these people <laughs> along lines. And it was insane. And as we walked up to the, I walked with these two seals. We went around the back. I was trying to get them some food. I saw her peel out from next to Alex Ray cooking burgers. And she walked right up to us and she had a phone out with a, you could see there was a picture of a young man wearing a black helmet and all black. It looked like, and he had a parachute on, it looked like he was inside of an airplane. And she walked right up to us and, and she didn't really say a word. She was just holding up this picture. And the two seals looked at the picture and looked at her and she was crying. And so they both hugged her, just immediately hugged her. She still hadn't said anything. And the one of the seals looked at her and said, seal team eight. And she said, yes, this, she finally said, yes, this is my son. He is a Navy SEAL on SEAL Team 8. And I haven't heard from him in over two months. And I don't know where in the world he is or what he's doing. And I don't know if he's safe. Wow. And the, one of the Navy SEALs without missing a beat said, ma'am, he's safe. And she kind of looked at him like, like, she's still crying. Like, how do you know that? And he said, because he's with his team brothers. And 
she hugged him again and she didn't say another word. She walked away and she went back in line and started cooking again. And I looked at this Navy SEAL and I was like, wow, that was incredible. And he was like, what? He's with these team brothers. They're going to take good care of him. And they walked away. And I just stood there like, that's why she came that day. She never heard of Swim with a Mission. She didn't know who we were. She showed up that day, right? For like that moment, right? And it probably gave her something that she needed, like in that moment with her son, right? And that was like the first inkling I got of, of the sacrifice that our families and that our veterans sort of, you know, sort of put themselves through. Yeah. Did you ever get a follow up from that story? She's 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 volunteered before, but I don't think we ever I don't know. No, if we ever I, there's been so many moments, but that was like my first one that kind of struck me. You know, I I'll give you another one just really quickly at, at our second. No, no. The second year. So we we said to we went out and said to as many veteran service organizations as we could find. We're going to have a few thousand people come to this event, set up a table. It's a veteran heavy crowd and tell them what you do. And maybe some veterans will come and get help that day that didn't know that you were there. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and in the middle of the day, you know, it, we'd been up. So we had the paintball, we'd been up all night the night before, like we were exhausted. Like I had swam in the races and I went to check on the, on how all these are, there's about a dozen of them there. We had over 3000 people there. And I was walking up to, I mentioned to you before, the Children of the Fallen Patriots that gives out scholarships. And they were the first table on the end. And as I walked up, a young woman, like a high school age woman, was walking away from that table and she was crying. And I was like, oh, my God, uh, now what happened? So I walk up to the table and we know the people that were manning it. And I said, what just happened? She looked really upset and she walked away. What, What did you say? And they're like, no, 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 no. It's not what you think. She came to see the SEALs do the demonstration. She came with her mother and she was walking around and she came up and said, so what do you guys do? And we explained to her that we give scholarships to children uh, whose parents died in service. And it turned out that she had lost her father in Afghanistan and she was a senior in high school and her and her mom could not afford for her to go to college. And they were wondering how she was going to pay for it. And they, were, they had made a decision she would not go to college. And she had just found out that she that she was eligible to go to college, any college she wanted for free. And she was running to tell her mother. Wow. Yeah, the stories are good. The stories, even just yesterday, we um, we were at Operation Delta Dog um, down in Hollis and um, we were able to. Um, to give away to help them get three get more dogs um we gave them three hundred thousand dollars to um help get you know get more dogs to veterans and we were able to meet um a veteran who was there who had who was still training with his dog and the difference that that dog is making in his life really for me it and those stories especially just make it so this is why we're doing it. We are, we are helping veterans one at a time and we're working with these amazing organizations that we probably didn't know existed, like Homeland Heroes. You guys are just doing an amazing, amazing job. And 
the fact to hear those stories and to meet people like you and Julie who run home and here is just amazing to us. And if the least we can do is have these events and raise money to get to your organizations, to make you even stronger, then we've, that's all we need to do. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) It's all about the community. I really, you know, when, when you can get people together for a common good, it's amazing how much good you can put out there. Right, especially with all the bad in this world right now and all the negativity and all that kind of stuff. It really, it look, it's, it's as a family, the Tao family, we've learned a lot from this. Our kids, we have a 23-year-old 23, 23 and an 18-year-old. And, you know, they, for the last four years, have done this with us. Um, they're now flown the coop, so they're not around <laughs> as much. But they, um, it, it's just, it shows you, you you need good in this world and there is good in this world. And yep. it's very important. There's a lot of good in this world. Just got to look out for it sometimes. Yep. For sure. Yeah. And, and, and I think our team is just so great. Our, our Julie was talking about the volunteers and we have this amazing board uh, that we're very fortunate, you know, agreed, um, you know, some well-known folks like Senator Kelly Ayotte, for example, or Andy Cruz who owns order fair and, you know, um, Joe Graham who runs iHeartMedia and it's a very sort of thoughtful, creative group. And, and like I mentioned at the outset of this, we're all running sprinting in the same direction. And so as we realize, like there's just more, right. You know, the swim's going great. The paintball event is a good one. We've done a bunch of these movie nights. We did the virtual event, which we're going to keep now forever. That, that was a game changer knowing that now we could tap into markets outside of New Hampshire and people yes. could just do it virtually. Right. You know, it's like, what's, what's next. Right. And, and so, you know, under swim with a mission, we've created two new programs, canine with a mission and arts with a mission. Right. So we, the power of dogs, right. is just so powerful. And we need to make sure that every veteran who needs a canine and wants one and, and can, and can handle one, gets one. Right. And, and so we're going to push really hard on that. And there's a lot there arts with a mission, as I mentioned before, is this idea of creating more art therapy programs. And we've seen how powerful art therapy can be. Even if you have no talent whatsoever, um, you can tap into something and express yourself non-verbally, right. And get some of the stuff that's inside of our veterans who've who've seen and done, you know, some unbelievable things that maybe they don't want to think about and rehash, but sort of get it out. Um, and, and so, you know, the, at the intersection of like big vision, creativity, access to good networks, you know, the idea is for us to now really push on these things uh, and then just, just, you know, put something in place that's, that's going to sustain itself for a long time. And, you know, Gary, you could probably speak to this, but we're currently in the longest war in the history of our country, right? Yes, and so, right. And so we've created, we as a country have created an entire new generation of veterans, you know, most of whom are doing great, but some of whom are struggling and are going to struggle for the rest of our lives. So we sort of view this as this is the rest of our lives, right? This mission. And how can we now sort of take this to, the the next level and so we have some pretty exciting uh, awesome things planned now for the next couple of years to sort of get beyond where we started uh, and really sort of take this to the next level so we can increase the number of 
veterans who, who need help get help. And as an organization, it's like bigger, 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 the better, but trying to keep it so we can remain successful and keep our eye on the prize and help them and help veterans and not grow, but not too fast. But, you know, as I said, to start as it fills the dreamer, he is an unbelievable dreamer without him. This would never have happened. We literally sat in our living room with, with a bunch of swimmers and they're like, you guys can't do this. And I was somewhat on the, I was, I knew we could do it because Phil wanted, I knew that we could do it, but they were like, there's no way we're going to raise money. And it was, it was really because Phil had a dream and we both had a dream, but it was really Phil who, who helped us. And you've really grown something quite beautiful and um, something that really truly gives back to the community. I really, I, I really like, um, and you hit, hit a spot on with the, you know, I have a service dog and, and I uh, know that Gary, I do. Yeah. Brewski. <laughs> Named after Teddy Bruschi of the New England Patriots, but he should be. if you don't know the Patriots, then you can just say he's named after the beer. But uh, yeah, he's he's one of the greatest things uh, I couldn't imagine. It, it's just having something and, and and figuring it out. I've been out of the military for ten years now, but you know this the, this dog he can't respond to you verbally, but uh, and that's the good thing about him. You know you can. You, there's just so much more to having a dog with, with, you know, this, this dog is, this dog is, uh, you know, such a comfort to you in so many different ways because the communication isn't verbal, you know, it's, it's very hard to explain, but I realized it was, I realized how good it was for me many years ago. I've had him for 10 years now. Uh, and then you hit on the, um, the, uh, therapy with art. And I had spoken to somebody uh, years ago about uh, therapy with music. And I found that that was really something that I was very interested in as well. I, I don't play any musical instruments, but music, I, I just really uh, enjoy listening to music. And uh, and it's, it's something that brings people together. And it's one of those things where, you know, it, it's, it's hard for me to explain. But it's like art, you know. Right music and things that they there's a way to bring therapy into that and i think it's uh, something that could really open up for veterans because i think veterans is really uh, a challenge because as veterans kind of have a stigma with um, going and because they're more isolated and going to different events and things like it's how how getting them out of the out out of their house how getting them to the events uh, how do we do that? And, you know, these outside of the box things. Veterans also very much struggle with, and I know Gary, you and I've kind of talked about this when we did your interview, but the idea of a lot of civilians and people that don't un- truly understand the military or that lifestyle, we as civilians view the military as these, you know, kind of larger than life heroes, I think sometimes. And that's something that a lot of veterans, especially and I know this because I've talked with them, every single veteran I've ever talked with to has said, I'm not a hero. I just went and did my job. Gary, you said that same sentiment to me. And that is a really good point. And something I didn't really think about is, you know, we, we want veterans to come to our events to honor them. And a lot of them are very uncomfortable with that. Yes. 
Yep. No, that's exactly right. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, Gary, you can probably speak to it, but for us, this sort of, you know, we, we, we've grown up in, you know, I, I mean, I'm a, a deal lawyer working on very large deals all over the world. And, you know, in that world, you know, money is the, is the motivation, right. For a lot of things and money's how people in my world keep score. You know, it has been so refreshing and amazing to surround ourselves with veterans, you know, where money is not a motivating factor, right? Materialistic items not a motive, motivating factor. It's about, it's a mission driven. It's, it's a higher purpose, right? It's being motivated, you know, for each other. Right. And, uh, and, you know, it's in our humble opinion, we think that's better, right. To, to look to do things with purpose, right. Uh, and, and, and for each other than to be motivated necessarily by money. And that may, it's easy to say that, but really sort of thinking that through and feeling it is, is very powerful, right? Like no, no, do I, your think, job. I think you touch upon something very interesting because when a, a lot of the mental health issues that come out of veterans coming out of, um, service is they, they struggle. And, and Gary tell me that if, if I'm on the, on it or not, but I think they struggle with, um, finding their purpose because once they're out of the service, they're like, well, what do I do now? And I think that's, that's a huge struggle that veterans go through. And we live in a world that is very motivated by money. Um, so when you make that, you know, that, that's a really, that's a character shift. Um, and, you know, I'm in the corporate world as well. I work for a, a tech company in Boston doing marketing and I'm not motivated by money. I'm motivated by helping others. And it, it drives my dad insane because he's like, well, you should want to grow your career and grow your, your money. And I'm like, well, yes, but I just need money to live. And then that's fine. But I think that's um, a very interesting perspective that I didn't really put <laughs> so Gary, these are our therapy dogs. Um, you know, not, great. <laughs> not to minimize it, but I, it, uh, I, you know, just the dogs are barking. But we really, we have three English Springer Spaniels, and we took for granted our relationship with our dogs, and realized at some point as we've reflected on all the veterans we've met and their relationship with dogs and, and even the working dogs, the, the seal canine units, you know, that go into battle and so forth. Mm. And we've met some incredible working dogs, Incredible, you know, yeah. in reflecting, we realized that our dogs to a lesser extent, you know, cause I, we don't have a traumatic brain injury or I, I don't think we have PTS, but maybe we do, but, um, we, we certainly have anxiety and stress like every human being, right? And the dogs are a calming factor for us. And that has helped us understand more about the critical need for more service canines. Yes. My absolutely. opinion there has been, never been anything better than those dogs. It's, there's a level of comfort for somebody who, you know, blood, guts, and veins in his teeth for 10 years and, you know, and, it's very hard to be emotional and uh, and have these feelings with a human being, but with a dog, it just seems a lot easier. And there's a, just a different type of comfort. Um, yeah. I have an amazing wife, and I, you know, I can love her, but 
it's, it's, it's just something about having a service dog. And it, it is definitely, I feel, has saved my life uh, in many different ways. And it's just incredible. Yeah, it's amazing. And now, Phil, do you, I've noticed in some of your pictures, um, General Don Bolduck, do you have a relationship with him? Yeah, so uh, we're we're actually inter we're in the process of interviewing him. We're finishing up his interview tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Morning. He's been helping us a lot. Yeah, he he Great is guy. ambassador for Swim of the Mission, um, both Sharon and Don Baldock. And as you know from interviewing him, you know he he has an incredible story and has had an incredible career. Um, so we have we have tremendous respect mm -hmm. for Sharon and Don. Uh, and for their shared sacrifice, right? Um, yeah. As you know, Sharon is a veteran too. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, she's a veteran too, and uh, and obviously has has moved with him everywhere they've gone and so forth. But I will say that my favorite thing about General Bulldog is that in his last command, uh, which was in Africa, uh, he had under his command all of the special forces and. Yeah. Uh, in the Navy SEAL community, SEAL Team 6 reports directly to the President of the United States, but the rest of the SEAL teams uh, are subject to whoever the commander is in that particular area. So Don Bulldog had command of the Navy SEALs in his in Africa, as well as, you know, Delta Force, Green Berets, etc. Mm -hmm. And so some of the best stories that we have gotten about the Navy SEALs uh, has come from General Bulldog, none of which I'm going to repeat on this podcast. <laughs> I'll have to ask him about it. <laughs> there you go. Well, awesome. This has been a fantastic conversation, and um, I look forward to the continued um, relationship that Swim with a Mission and the Homeland Heroes Foundation uh, will continue over the next years and years and years hopefully um it's a great community and i'm happy to have you guys as part of that community um especially with knowing and listening to your stories of all the all the good that you're putting out into the world and how you're helping veterans and other veteran nonprofits help really support this community that we have um so before we end today um if someone wanted to learn more about swim with a mission how can they get in touch with you well, the good news is we have a, we have a great website. Um, it's uh, swimwithamission.org. Um, and there are all of our contacts are right on there. Um, everything that we do is on there. Um, and it's the best way to get in touch with us. Um, so it's swimwithamission.org. And we can also find you on social media, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, we have, we're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We got it all. Awesome. And that's swimwithmission.org if you want to learn more about the organization. And I believe, I know we've been in talks about possibly connecting with some of your Navy SEALs. So I think we might be having a future episode um, in listening to them and how Swim with a Mission has impacted their lives. Fantastic. Yes, we're in the process of organizing that. So we'll follow up with you on that. And there's some just some phenomenal stories there. So look forward to that, too. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Terrific. Well, well thank, thank you, Alyssa. Thank you. Again. This podcast is brought to you by the Holman Harris Foundation, an organization dedicated to the reacclimation support of active duty service members, veterans, and their families in their time of need. To learn more, support 
volunteer or donate, please visit homelandheroesfoundation.org. Thank you to our production team at Dairy Camp, creating connection through story for a better world. Learn more by visiting dairycam.org. And thank you for listening and make sure you subscribe to the Homeland Harris Salute wherever you listen to podcasts.